the Wall Street Journal said he's one of the most innovative minds in football. He's a rat. ESPN once called him the guru of the spread. Scumbag. Football Scoop labeled him the mastermind behind college football's number one offense. Nobody likes him, not even his family. He took three separate teams over a five-year period and made each a top-ten offense. Yeah, but he's such a horse's ass. He was fired by future United States Senator Tommy Tuberville in the middle of the season, even though he had a 5-2 and two record. No wonder CBS Sports said there's never been quite a coach like Franklin. He marches to a different beat. Pariah, an outcast, a person or animal that is despised, shunned. Or avoided. Warning. Buckle up and put your big boy pants on. This isn't your friendly kiss-ass coach's show. If you can't handle the truth, eject immediately. And now, from parts unknown, it's the pigskin pariah. The one, the only, Coach Tony Franklin. For so many of you across the country, you either just finished game one, which in the southeastern part of the United States, there are some schools that this early in August have already played one game. The state of Kentucky, my home state, many of my old buddies, I just checked on their scores all weekend to see who opened up with wins, who opened up with losses. But for most of the country, you'll be opening up In your high school football and in college football, you'll be opening up over the next few weeks. And so I am going to tell you and talk to you about some things that you need to make sure, whether it's week one or week two or week three, whether you're a middle school coach, a little league coach, a high school coach, a college coach, and even an NFL coach or an arena football coach or a coach in Europe or a coach in Japan. These are some things that you need to make sure that you notice. You've worked your ass off. You've had a joyful ass working off, more than likely. If you're a high school football coach, you enjoy getting up early in the morning. You enjoy the smell of the weight room. You enjoy watching your players work. You enjoy seeing somebody go from a 135-pound bench press guy to a 205-pound bench press guy. You enjoy watching an offensive lineman run a 5'9 flat and drop it down to a 5'6. You enjoy watching a group of young men in the summer that look like that they're going to be completely incapable of even scoring a touchdown to all of a sudden look like they're an efficient offense. You enjoy watching young people acquire discipline that maybe you thought or they thought and their parents thought wasn't even possible. And you have been a part of that. You've got a life that has meaning. You've got a life that's worthwhile. So the one thing you need to make sure that you do is that you enjoy the smell. You enjoy the fans. You enjoy the buzz of walking into a stadium. You enjoy watching little kids run into the stadium and go crazy 
and run up and down the sidelines and think one day that they may get to wear the red and black. One day they may get to wear the blue and gold. One day they may get to wear the green. One day they may get to wear the silver. One day they may have the fancy helmet, the fancy shoulder pads, the fancy shoes. One day they might hear their name come across that intercom for your 35-year-old high school announcer. When you walk in, make sure that you allow yourself to enjoy the festivities of the week. Enjoy the pep rally. Don't hate the pep rally. Even if there's only 30 of the 300 kids sitting in the stands of the pep rally that are excited about it, you enjoy it. Have your players enjoy it because that's what you've worked for. You've worked for this opportunity so that your kids can enjoy feeling important so that they can enjoy running onto the field, so that they can enjoy the roar of a crowd, and that they can all of a sudden learn about getting excited. They can learn about nervousness. They can learn about preparation and opportunity. They can learn about being an underdog and finding a way to win. They can worry about being a favorite by three touchdowns and not being prepared and taking someone for granted and losing. Because when it all comes down to it, you are a teacher. You are an educator. If you want to win every game, and that's your goal, and you think there's nothing more important than winning, then make sure that you move to a community somewhere in the near future that has better players than everybody that you play. Because that's going to be the only way that you're going to have a chance to win every game. If you're in a community where you know and you line up every single week of the season that at, at best you're going to have close to equal talent, maybe two or three of the games and the rest of the games, the other teams are going to be three or four or five touchdowns better than you, you're not going to win. So don't allow yourself to be miserable. Don't allow yourself to make your players miserable. Remember, there is so much more into this game than what the final score is. Yes, they keep score for a, year, a reason. Yes, you need to do the best that you can do. And more than likely, no matter where you are, you probably need to win some games. And more than likely, if you don't win some games, you're probably going to get fired. The great thing about being a high school teacher and a high school football coach is that if you're at a place for a few years, you can get security as a teacher. And you may not have to leave the community if you don't want to leave the community. But if football is the most important part of the job and winning to you is the most important thing for you, then you got to make sure that you use common sense over the years. For me, as a high school football coach, that was never the most important thing for me. I would sometimes go take a job driving around the community and look at their playground. And if they had a good playground where my young kids could go and have fun and I could I could visualize them on that playground. I could visualize them in that school having good teachers. Then I might take a job that doesn't have a chance to win a lot of games. When I coached where we had really good players, then I won a lot of games. When I coached where we didn't have a lot of good players, we didn't win as many games. Sometimes we didn't win hardly any games at all. But I had just as much joy on seasons as 1-9 and nine and 2-8 and eight as I did on 14-1. and one. Don't get me wrong, 
It's a lot more fun to win. But I always found a way to have joy. So make sure that as you get ready for week one, is that you understand about smelling popcorn. If you don't understand about smelling popcorn, I don't think you should even coach. I think you should do something else. Because in this sport, you've got to make sure that your heart is in the right place. And for you to be a great educator, and for you to be able to teach the lessons that you need to teach, it doesn't mean you can't be tough, doesn't mean you can't be hard-nosed, doesn't mean you can't be disciplined, doesn't mean that you can't make sure that they do every detail and fundamental right. It doesn't mean you can't be the most prepared coach in the country. It doesn't mean you can't work as hard as anybody that you play against. Or better than that, instead of working hard, work as smart as anyone that you prepare to play against. But make sure that you keep it in perspective. Make sure that you enjoy the smell of the popcorn. Make sure that you enjoy the cheerleaders. Make sure that you enjoy the band. Make sure you're not like, I'll never forget this. As I was standing in front of a crowd, probably close to 90 or 100,000 when I was at Auburn University. And I was excited about the eagle because that's the tradition. The flying of the eagle before the game and the eagle flies over the stadium, circles the stadium and then lands. And the crowd chants, War Eagle. And I wanted to see that. I wanted to be part because I wanted to smell the popcorn. Because I'd been a high school coach. I'd been a middle school coach. I'd been a powder puff coach. And I wanted to smell the popcorn. I wanted to enjoy the fruits of my labor. And I said something to another coach that had been there for many years. He'd been coaching at Auburn for many years. And I said, man, I said, what's it like when the eagle comes? And he goes, I don't know. I said, what do you mean you don't know? He goes, I've never watched the eagle. And I thought, why not? Why not? No, it's bullshit. Man, don't be that guy. Smell the popcorn. Watch the eagle. You can be prepared. You can still be a tough ass, a hard ass. You can still call good plays. You can still outplan, outprepare. You can still have better special teams. But smell the popcorn. Hey, don't go anywhere. We're going to be right back after this short message. You're listening to the Coach Tony Franklin Podcast. When this podcast is over, or any of the new podcasts that you listen to, I got a way to sit down one-on-one with you and to be able to help you. So if you've got something that you want to talk about, and you want to come on with me, and we come on, we have a little Zoom get-together, It might be that you go, Coach, I just got to drop this blitz real quick. You've got it already drawn up. You've got it up on film. And you go, help. It might be that you draw up, quarters covered, and you say, Coach, give me a touchdown for this game, for this week. Give me a touchdown. I only got 15 minutes. That's all I can afford with you. Show me a touchdown right now. It might be that you go, you know what, Tony? I want to have an hour-long conversation with you. I want to talk about my career. It might be, Tony, I've got a problem with a parent. It's going to get me fired. I got a coach I got to get rid of. And that's going to take me 30 minutes to go through this conversation. When you're out on the field and you got a problem, or you've got an opponent that you're playing, that you're looking for a simple way to score an easy touchdown, you want to just simply talk about football. You want to talk some college ball about what happened the week before. Whatever it may be, I'm loved and hated. I'm blunt and brutally honest. And I promise you this, I probably can help you. <laughs> 
then just go to CoachTF.com slash call. CoachTF.com slash call. Look at our prices. Pick a time, and we'll get together, and we'll have a talk, and we will fix whatever it is that you're having problems with. Make sure that you notice the players, when they put their uniform on, watch them. Watch them when they wear their jersey to school. Watch their smile. Watch their stride when they walk down the hallways. Watch how they carry their bodies. Watch how all of a sudden they've got different levels of friendships with people in the school. Watch their confidence change. Watch them when they're at their locker and they're getting taped. Watch a guy that's not going to play want to put black under his eyes. Watch a guy that's not going to play want to get his ankle taped. Watch a guy that's not going to play want to tape his fingers. Because that's what it means to smell the popcorn. That's what it means to notice the difference that you're making. Because see, 10 years later, they're going to be the owner of a truck. And they're going to be driving across country. And they're going to be confident. And they're going to be able to have their own business. They're going to be a trainer in a city. They're going to be a teacher. They're going to be a lawyer. And part of that success and part of them feeling good is going to be because you kept them involved. You made them feel good. You praised them. You put them in a position to where that they could be successful. So make sure that that part of smelling the popcorn that you do. I strongly, strongly, strongly recommend that you keep a journal, that you take notes. One of the things over my life that's really paid off for me is being a note taker. And especially when things aren't going great, it's good to take notes because what will happen is that people will want to make and create. As a matter of fact, it's really funny is that I may go in depth on this here soon, but I thought that I coached football at Middle Tennessee in the year 2020. I thought I was a football coach there. I thought that I went through COVID. I thought that I fought for the players. I thought that I taught the players about John Lewis and the role that he played and being a good American patriot and how tough he was as an individual and how much he meant to our government. I thought I worked my butt off to prepare sometimes with only having three or four offensive linemen at practice because the rest of them had COVID. I thought that I was on an airplane that went to play Army and to get our ass kicked. I thought that I was gone to play Troy after getting our ass kicked by Troy early in the season at home. And I thought that I went down and coached against them in the what ended up being the final game of the season. I thought I was there. But as I opened the other day, I was doing some research on a book I'm writing. I was going back and I was looking for players' names. And so I had to go to the roster. And I found out that in 2020, Middle Tennessee State University didn't have an offensive coordinator. I wasn't there. I could have swore I was there. I could have swore I lived there. 
I could have swore I went to practice. I could have swore I coached. As a matter of fact, if I had to pick any year of my life and said, what's the best coaching job you ever did in all your life? Was it the 52 points a game at Louisiana Tech? Was it the three seasons that were you right at 40 points at Cal and Middle Tennessee? Was it the championships at Troy? Was it the championship at Louisiana Tech? Was it the year at Army? Was it the Horsemen? What was the year that you did the best job? I would have said 2020. But when I went to look up the roster and to look for players, I found out that I didn't coach. I didn't even exist. I wasn't there. Because you see, what people will sometimes do is rewrite history. It's been going on since the beginning of time. It's been happening throughout history is that people rewrite it. They write what they want. And they figure that if no one has kept notes and no one objects and no one says, oh, that's wrong, if that's not the case, then it never happened. So the good thing for me is that I did take notes. The good thing for me is that I have lots of documentation and I know I was there. They just don't know that I was there. I think they know I was there. As a matter of fact, I'm pretty fucking sure that they know. But you make sure that whatever you do, wherever you're working, wherever you're coaching, wherever you're teaching, as you get ready for game one, game two, year one, year five, year 35, year 40, working with a good guy, working with a bad guy, working with a monster, working with a hero. Make sure you do a really good job of recording the history as it happens. Because if not... People will try to change it and rewrite it and do what they want. So keep a good journal of all the good and all the bad and all the ugly. You never know when it's going to come helpful to you. Because if not, people will just plain old rewrite it. Even when it's there on tape and video, they'll still want to try to rewrite it. Make sure that as this season comes, that you include your family in the pageantry. Now, I think there's two philosophies that I have on this. I think you include your family in the pageantry so that they can enjoy it and see what you're doing and why you work hard. They can be a part of it, that they can feel all the good things that go on. But I also think that you make sure that you educate them, that you say, honey, when you're at the game tonight, somebody's liable to call me a bad word, just let it go. Don't say anything, don't argue, go sit somewhere else if you're not comfortable. Educate your children as to what's going to happen. Educate them that there's some good to this and that there's some bad to this. And then make sure that you include them in the pageantry, include them in the good things and protect them from the bad things. Whether, again, you're a middle school coach, a high school coach, a college coach, an NFL coach. Make sure that you prepare your family and include your family, but protect your family. Make sure that no matter what, is that you, if you have children, that you are a good father during the season, just like you would be outside of the season. Don't be that guy. Don't be that guy that thinks it's cool to say, I miss my kid's birthday. I didn't go to his baseball game. I don't have time. I'm too busy helping somebody else's kids. Don't be that guy that thinks that's cool to do that. Be the Bob Stoops. And Bob Stoops was infamous 
or famous, whatever the word would be that you would use for this, of having his coaches make sure that they went home, make sure that they didn't miss their children's life. And I think it's one of the reasons that he was not only one of the most successful coaches in the history of the game, but also one of the most respected and beloved coaches in the game. So be a good dad, whether you win or lose. Find a way to be a good father. Be the best family man that you can be. And then finally, make sure that you don't have regrets. Just do the best you can. And look here, you're gonna if you're a play caller, offense or defense, you're going to call some really good plays. You're going to call some really bad ones. If you have good players, they're going to make the good plays work. They're going to make the bad plays work sometimes. If you got players that aren't quite as good, you're going to call some of the best plays in the history of football, and they're not going to work. Don't get frustrated. Understand where you are. Understand what your limitations are. And make sure that you just do the best you can. And then you don't have regrets. If you're fortunate along the way, and if you move enough, if you're not in a place that's got good players, if you move around enough and you find some good players, you'll get to enjoy some championships. If you don't, you won't. And that's okay, too. You could stay at the same place for 25 or 30 years. And if you enjoy it and you know you're doing good, you know you're making a difference, you know that you're teaching the things that are going to help these people have a good life, you know that you're giving it your all, you know that even when you know you're going to lose by 42 points that night, you still have a great game plan. You still work extremely hard. You still teach everything to your kids. Make sure that you have no regrets. You're in a great game. You're in a game that you can really, truly make a difference. So be a difference maker. Because you're going to be, whether you want to be or not, just make sure that you are a positive difference maker in the lives of everybody that you come across. Take care.